You're listening to a Sunday service podcast from First Universalist Church of Minneapolis, a faith community that welcomes, affirms, and protects the light in each human heart, listens deeply to where love is calling us next, and with humility, courage, and compassion works to create a more just world. To learn more, visit us at firstuniversalistchurch.org. morning everybody so before before we dive into the the introductory song this morning which I'm gonna sing for you I thought it would be really fun to just run the chorus with you which some of you know this song so it won't be but there are some of y'all who have not heard my music before and might not know the song it's a really easy chorus and it's the same every time and it only happens twice so I figured I would teach you the, the chorus and then you could sing it with me when it comes around just for a little waking up together. It's a, a, a beautiful song about really embracing the moment. It's called Right Now. And um, it starts like this. It is, oh wait, hold on. <laughs> it is love that will carry you home. So that's the first line. It is love that will carry you home. So that's the first line. The second line is, It is kindness that holds back the storms around you. It is kindness that holds back the storms around you. And then here's the third line. It is... It is patience. <laughs> yeah, wait for it. <laughs> it is patience sitting right beside the doubt. Yeah, here we go. It is patience sitting right beside the doubt. The only truth is what we do. The only truth is what we do with right now, with right now. Do you think that's enough of a little, because I think some of you who know it can help the people around you who are a little, I think we can, uh, we can feel it even if you're not quite sure of the words. Here we go. I'll tell you a secret that I've learned nobody knows everything we all get caught up in what we think and believe it's the truth but mostly we don't have the answers and life can feel like an unsteady boat drifting away from the land Making us feel alone. It is love that will carry you home. It is kindness that holds back the storms around you. It is patience. It is patience. Sitting right. 
It was finally quiet. I flopped down on the sagging striped couch and pulled the worn out brown and orange crochet blanket up over my knees. Out came the little blue notebook with the white dove sticker on the cover, filled with my poems and adolescent musings. This was my time the time when my mind came alive with words and images, waking dreams and visions of life beyond that small mountain town. Once everyone else in that busy house was asleep, I was free to find myself and go wandering in that narrowed space between what was and what might be. Sacred darkness was my portal into the not quite yet possible. See, the night was always my time. When I was growing up in the 1980s and 90s, people didn't use or even have the word neurodivergent. So instead, people described my family as eccentric. And our home tended towards a neurospicy flavor of chaotic. My three younger siblings and I were often on four different schedules, and because it was a place where you were always loved and accepted as your whole beautiful, unique self, not to mention invited to eat frozen burritos at any hour, it tended to be the place where our friends liked to hang out too. 
it was almost never quiet. During the day, that is. As someone who was, okay, is easily distracted and prone to racing thoughts, it was only in the darkness when the last of the day had finally come crashing down and the rubble of the wild rumpus had settled into stillness that I could hear my own voice. It was in the darkness that I could follow the threads of meaning that connected past to present to possible future. I could connect to the gathering power of all that is and all that is yet coming into being. Many people will spend these next few weeks in the headlong rush towards festive parties and distracting thrills of giving and receiving, or maybe hopes for a clean slate, a fresh start. We have seen over these last two months the most terrifying displays of humanity's cruelty and persistent negligence. Space for joy has never been more needed. But I hope you will join me, if your life allows it, in also taking time to savor this gathering stillness, the pregnant pause, the deep well of darkness in which the possibility of love grows. Let's curl up and enjoy these extra hours in which to dream and wonder. I found my little blue notebook from 20 years ago, and there are actually a few blank pages uh, left in the back. I have other notebooks for lists and plans. This one, though, is for listening deeply, in solitude and with all of you, to the wisdom in winter's dark. Welcome, newcomers, visitors, and guests to First Universalist Church. Your presence is a gift, and we are delighted you've chosen to join us. Welcome longtime members, new members, and friends. Each of you enriches our collective journey with your wisdom and experiences, and every time you choose to be with us makes a difference in and to this community. We are grateful for this time as fellow travelers with each other and all of you this morning and beyond. I'm Aliyah Hausnacht, one of your worship associates, and today I'm joined by Dr. Glenn Thomas and Reverend Jen. Additionally, Olo and John are here to enhance our worship experience and connect us to those outside the sanctuary on the live stream. We're thankful for the ushers, greeters, and artists who we're going to hear more about who help create our sacred space. Please know that this moment reflects hours of careful work by those with hopeful hearts ready to nourish and transform. Good morning. It's good to see each one of you. And yes, I mean you. Yes, yes. It's good that you're here. It is my pleasure to say that our souls are in for a treat as we welcome the heartwarming melodies and storytelling of folk singer Ellis Delaney.
Singer, songwriter, musician, artist extraordinaire, Ellis brings to us not just songs, but musical narrative, woven with compassion and humor and deep -rooted, a deep-rooted sense of community. Ellis's gifts lie not only in chords and melodies, but in Ellis's ability to connect us all through the power of music. With a voice that soothes and lyrics that heal, Ellis invites us on a journey to find joy in the ordinary, courage in our struggles, and unity in our difference. So one more time, will you help make a great big noise to welcome back Ellis Delaney. You may have noticed, did you see that there are new decorations uh, somewhere, in the, somewhere in the windows? There, there might be one or two behind me. <laughs> did you see them? Yeah, what did you see? What, what, what did you see? Yes? Paper cranes. Yes, I saw. Oh, my God. Yes, there are paper cranes in the windows. And did you, did you see uh, what colors they were? There's one, there, there are white ones, yes. Did you see any other colors? I saw, I saw pink, yes, pink, and they were, there were purple ones, and I saw silver, and um, one more color was in there. It was blue, yes, yes. First of all, let us thank our Visual Arts Committee for putting all of that together. Listen, listen, I was with the Visual Arts Committee on Thursday, and they were, they were teaching me, they were attempting to teach me how to make a paper crane. My, 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 my. These are the times that try men's souls. <laughs> so my, uh, my gratitude, my, uh, my special gratitude, our special gratitude goes to the Visual Arts Committee for their work in beautifying our space and keeping us uh, well and keeping us visually in a meditative space, a good space, a lovely space for the holidays that come. Blue, purple, pink, white. They gave us silver. All these, the colors of the solstice and the colors of, uh, of Advent and the colors of Hanukkah and the colors uh, of, of Bodhi Day and the colors of Diwali, yes, I, no, it's, uh, yes, so many seasons going on right now where light is meeting darkness in this beautiful, delicate dance, and we learn the art of balance. Well, today is the first Sunday of Advent, and the a Advent uh, happens with our, uh, there are people celebrating Christians all over the world for, for a long time have been celebrating this. And one of the traditions that happens as, as they commemorate this Advent celebration and tell the story is called an Advent wreath. Now, it's usually green. It's usually like a green plant that's in a, in a circle. But this one is a really decorative one. It's, it's tiny. You should see it sometime up close. And what we do is we place candles inside of the wreath for love, for hope, for joy, and for peace. The first one we light is the candle of hope. And can you guess what color it might be? <laughs> yes, it's the same purple that we found in the windows. 
And soon, after purple will come pink and white, this candle that offers us a remembrance of hope leads us into the Advent season. Now, I am not the Reverend Ashley Harness. Um, in fact, I'm Dr. Glenn Thomas Rideout. But I am in today for Reverend Ashley, who is recovering from COVID. Ashley is doing fine. Ashley, in fact, is one of our online worshipers. Which camera do we look at to say hi? Yes, okay, everybody. Hi, Ashley. Get well, Ashley. Good to see you. I want to offer, as we deepen our time with hope and with the Advent season, some words that Ashley uh, sent us, um, some words to greet us at the Advent season. Will you listen closely in the wind as Ashley's words lead us into this blessed season of hope and love? She says to you, dear one, this is the season of holy darkness some of us call Advent. It's the season when we wait while God is preparing to be born un again under the cover of long nights. This year, every year, into the world's deepest agony, she is born again in you. Yes, you. But they are not just born in you. In each of us, he is arriving and into our collective potential. You might call it love trying to be born, or revolution, it doesn't matter. Incarnation becomes whatever you, but also I and they. Whatever we need to become more whole. So Reverend Ashley says, slow down now. Cozy yourself under a blanket of stars. Listen to the darkness. Soften your belly. Whisper the sweetness that will awaken your own heart. God will meet you there. Beaming love, demanding revolution. Will you take a moment to take three breaths on purpose? And with these breaths, may you be reminded, may you remember, especially when it counts most, that hope is available to you. On this holy day and all the holy days that follow. Malia, would you lead us in lighting our chalice together? we'll say the words that we use to, to seal ourselves like a community one more time. And it starts with the all-important word, L-O-V-E. Will you say it with me? Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant. Dwell together in peace to seek the truth in love and to help one another.
day and night. Be still and know that dark and light are one holy soul. Be still and know that day and night. Be still and know that day. Be still and know that dark and light. Be still and know that dark and light. Ooh, mm -hmm. Let's start again. <laughs> okay, it's good to get um, good communication going. Uh, when I do this, it means it's your turn. <laughs> when I do this, it'll be mine. When I do this, it'll mean it's ours, okay? Here we go. Be still and know that day and night. Be still and know that day and night. Be still and know that dark and light. Be still and know that dark and light. Our one holy I'm going to share a video with you in just a few moments, but I want to give you a little context first as we move into this time, this story for all ages. So is anybody here familiar with any of the characters from the Frozen movies? Anyone? Anyone at all? Okay, we've got some people who know, but for folks who don't know, let me tell you a little bit about this situation. So Anna and Elsa are princesses and their sisters, and they have been forced to stay inside the walls of their castle for most of their lives. But times have changed, and the castle doors are open now, 
and it's December, and they have so much to learn. So much to learn about all of the different holidays and all of the different traditions that people have, and they are trying to figure out which ones will be theirs. So they send their friend Olaf, the snowman, out into the village to find out about all the different winter holiday traditions and to bring them back to them and tell them the stories and let them know which ones are the best so that they can start doing them. Let's take a look. Coming. Good afternoon. I am Olaf. Hey, Olaf. Please let me finish, and I like warm hugs. This is my associate's Sven. We're going door to door looking for family traditions. Tell us yours and we'll decide if it's special enough. Oh, we make candy canes together. <laughs> Sugar rush. You're supposed to eat it. Eat my new nose? Why would I do that? Because it's that time of year. Hmm. It's that time of year. <gasps> <clears throat> Happy Merry Holly Jolly Season's greetings here. <laughs> I'm wondering what your family does at that time of year. Love and joy and peace on earth and tidings of good cheer. Do you have tradition things for that time of year? Well, we hang up boughs of evergreen on every single doorway. Bake a giant cookie in the wavy shape of Norway. Go from door to door to door while sailing with our choir. All your giant socks above an open fire. That sounds safe. So happy, merry, yuletide carol, faithful friends are dear. Thanks for sharing what you do at that time of year. We better get a move on if we're gonna hit every house in the kingdom. Jolly, merry, happy, holly on a midnight clear. I'm here to ask you what you do at that time of year. Hi, shalom. Fancy chandelier. I'm looking for tradition stuff for that time of year. Well, we make our decorations out of flotsam and jetsam. Bake a yummy fruit cake and you can't eat till you get some. That went right through me. Buy each other presents and then hide them very nimbly. Wait up for a chubby man to shimmy down your chimney. Breaking and entering, okay on Christmas. Oh, happy merry mule-type barrels, faithful glass of cheer. Thanks for sharing what you do at that time of year. Thank you. We knit scarves and sweaters and we wear our matching mittens. Don't forget the jammies that I knitted for my kittens. Eight nights in a row we like menorahs on our mantles. You cut down a tree and then you dress its corpse with candles. <laughs> I...
All right, so you might be wondering what this has to do with church. And I'll tell you, for me, it's because the first time I watched this video, I thought, huh, Unitarian Universalists can be a lot like Olaf. <laughs> Looking around with so much excitement and interest and openness to learning about everyone's tradition and faith journeys that maybe sometimes we forget that we have our own, that we have an ability to settle in to our own practices too. So what exactly would be a Unitarian Universalist spiritual practice for this time of year? I believe that it is learning how to be in the darkness, to learn how to be still in the dark, to see what it has to teach us, and to be full of curiosity and openness to mystery and wonder. And I am wondering, I know that for many of us, being still in the dark is not such an easy thing to do. So kids in particular, what do you do to help you when you need to be still in the dark? How do you do it? What helps? What do we got? You can shout it out to me or raise your hand. I read. I hear it. Nightlights. Food. <laughs> Going to sleep, a fine choice. What else helps? Maybe when you're feeling a little antsy in the dark. Yeah. All right, will you say it louder? Yeah, go for it. Or anybody can shout it from back there. Cuddling with stuffed animals. Okay, I heard something about a pillow. Sleeping with a pillow, yeah. Oh yeah, go for it. You do it again. Reading a book. Close out. All right, we tell stories, we connect with the spirits in the house and are nice to them so they don't Terrorize us? Good. <laughs> all right, up there. Watch a movie. I'm hearing all kinds of things that help folks feel cozy and comfortable. Sharing with others. Comfiness, sharing, maybe some music, maybe some stories, maybe connecting with some spirits, maybe good food, maybe a soft pillow. There are all kinds of things that help us to be still in the dark. So I'm gonna encourage us as we move into this season of more and more darkness to try being still in it, to be curious about what might happen there for us and to learn from it. So that's our practice that I'm gonna invite us into for this December.
with the sound and the energy of our children and youth still resonating within us, we take a moment to settle in, in whatever way feels right for you. A chance to arrive right here in this time and place to share in a bit of quiet together in whatever way feels right for you. In this time when darkness more than light envelops us, when cold more than warmth touches our skin until we find those places of refuge and comfort, when quiet more than speech surrounds us, there in the dark, we are free to explore without distraction the worries and memories and mysteries the hopes and fears and dreams that are uniquely ours. There in the dark, in the stillness, our existential aloneness can come to rest right next to the sound of our own breath. Away from the hustle and frenzy that fills many of our lives, we breathe. We breathe alone and together, awake or asleep, and everywhere in between. We breathe in love. We breathe the literal connection that stretches out between us, one and all and everyone, everything that has ever been and ever will be connected. In the dark and the stillness, we touch the truth of human experience that we are alone and together always and all at once, individual and interconnected, both of those experiences right here with us, as close as one breath with attention. To this time and space, we bring that practice of attention and intention. We are alone and together here in the sanctuary and everywhere we are meeting. In this time and space, we bring our individual and collective sorrows and joys, trusting that we can hold them together. Milestones and memories, worries and hopes, we bring them here. And I invite us now to speak out loud or type in the chat or simply hold in the quiet of your heart all that you are carrying. We're holding winter joy and family time, with the exception of a raging family member mm -hmm. in our prayers, although maybe we're holding them in prayer too. for neighbors, for those who are experiencing violence over nothing, 
Together we notice and name the rising anti-Semitism and Islamophobia in our world here at home and abroad. We remember our commitment as people of faith to building a world of safety and equity, a world where liberation is possible and present, especially for those who experience the historic weight of oppression. We pray for peace in Israel and Gaza, in Ukraine and in every place and every heart where violence has its roots. And together we pray that the grip of addiction might be loosened, that the weight of oppression might be lightened, that grief might be shared, that truth might be told, that joy might break through, and that love might make every suffering bearable for us all. Amen. There are several spiritual practices for this time of darkness. One of them is creativity. One of them is making beautiful and amazing things together. Next Sunday, after each service in the social hall, we'll have a maker's fair, winter maker's fair, celebration of creativity and craftsmanship and community spirit, showcasing the talents of our church community makers and offering a unique and hyper-local gift sourcing experience for the holidays. There's still time to apply and be a part of this. You can see our newsletter for opportunities and we encourage you to be a part of this. It's also true for us that as a congregation for over 10 years now, we've engaged in the spiritual practice of holiday giving as a congregation. In this practice, we intentionally reduce what we spend in the consumerist rush that can consume us and our attention in this month of holidays and turn our attention and intention and resources to the greater good. This year, we'll be sharing our holiday giving with Blue, Black Lives of Unitarian Universalism, completing a five-year effort to support and expand their work in the world. We'll hear a little bit from our own church member, Lena K. Gardner, now. Hello, 
I'm Lena Catherine Gardner, the Executive Director of Black Lives of Unitarian Universalism. Today, I want to talk to you about love, community, and the importance of creating a space where Black people can grow together. Unitarian Universalism is about radical love. It's about loving ourselves, our neighbors, and the world with all of its complexities. We are all imperfect, and we carry the impacts of our experiences, both good and bad. Unitarian Universalism invites us to take responsibility for the impacts we have in this world, to connect our spiritual practices, our values, and our justice holistically in community. Spiritual community should be a welcoming, empowering place. Many Black Unitarian Universalists, like myself, have had isolating experiences in predominantly white congregations. We need a space where we can celebrate our Blackness and our spiritual beliefs without feeling alone. That's why a group of Black Unitarian Universalists founded Black Lives of Unitarian Universalism in 2015. In Blue Community, we come together to celebrate each other, learn from one another, deepen our spirituality, and work collectively to create change. We believe that we can love each other better and change the world in ways that honor our Blackness and our faith. But we can't do this without your help. Your support allows us to continue providing a nurturing environment for Black Unitarian Universalists to connect in spaces that can hold all of who we are. We invite you to join us in amplifying and elevating Black spiritual practices, community, and leadership. You can help us by donating to Black Lives of Unitarian Universalism. Together, we can build a spiritual home where Black people can be unapologetically Black, unapologetically spiritual, and unapologetically liberated. Thank you for your support and for choosing to invest in love. This morning and throughout the month of December, I invite us to invest in love together. Our offering this morning will be gratefully received, and thank you to the Young Adult Group for ushering. Come on forward. enough a little lost at sea and when everything 
celebration and you join in if you can't try running with a smile because there is a danger in going too fast or getting too far ahead can set you Today's words are from the poet Rainer Maria Rilke. You darkness that I come from, I love you more than all the fires that fence the world. For the fire makes a circle of light for everyone, and then no one outside learns of you. But the darkness pulls in everything shapes and fires, animals and myself. How easily it gathers them, powers and people. And it is possible a great presence is moving near me. I have faith in nights. I'm just going to do this really quick, y'all. Um, I invite you to do it with me. Woo! <laughs> Woo! 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 Ah. 
this because, you know, sometimes the voice just is, uh, is off on vacation. <laughs> so, you know, somebody has left the station. Um, but I feel like this next song is going to be served by the, uh, by the voice that's a little smokier, maybe a little bit more imperfect. Um, yeah, this is a little something called 500 Crows. They say it when you're, just so you know, when you're, when you're uh, a vocalist, you're not really supposed to clear your throat, like, <coughs> you know, because it's not really good for the throat. And so I'm like, <coughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> like, there's a little uh, sidestep. And so um, just so y'all know, though, I want you to know, though, if it sounds like I'm in pain, I'm totally not. It really is truly the voice just went on a vacation. So don't feel, just don't even, I probably shouldn't have even said anything. But, um, but you're with me, so we'll just be smoky together. Today I met 500 crows crowded in the trees in my front yard. On the bare branches, oh, they looked like leaves flying around. I was amazed. It sounded like a crow convention, like something big was going down. Or some kind of argument, or maybe they were singing. And so I closed my eyes to better hear the crow chorus to see if I could catch the beauty in their sound oh they were singing out loud such a clear and pure emotion I felt moved not even knowing what their music was about oh, Love, I am part heartache. I am part joyful child. I am a grown up that's still growing up. And I don't always have it figured out. To tell you the truth, I'm still searching. Trying to find that bigger light. I want to break free from all this suffering. I want to learn how to enjoy my life. So I close my eyes to better hear your heart beating. Cause in your arms I feel relief from the despair. I wonder how can I hold on to this feeling? Or can I listen to my own heartbeat and, and hear the music there? I'm looking for a melody that will break my heart. sing with the angels now don't want to wait until I die no 
today I met 500 crows I tried in the first service to convince uh, Reverend Jen to convince her family to call their family reunions Crow Conventions. <laughs> Jury's out. But I'm Ching. The first time I met you was before I met you. It was long before the three years ago when I moved here, I was visiting here. That was the, this was the place, Minnesota. Minneapolis was the place where I would sneak away from my, my home at the time for long weekends just to get away. I was driving, well, I wasn't driving. I was actually riding in an Uber down this street. And on the wall, I saw a giant banner that said, Black Lives Matter. And I had the driver pull the car over. And I stopped and I stood. And the car drove on. And I carried the memory of that sign with me. For the rest of my journey, to the point where I'm still telling the story now. The second time I met you was before I met you. It was before the three years ago when I moved here. I was visiting again, another Reverend Ashley. Reverend Ashley Haran uh, had invited me to come to this very room and to go right over there and to do some singing with some people I had never met. And on my way up into this room, I passed by a, a sign, a plaque on the side of a restroom door, a sign that was proclaiming that anyone no matter who they were, regardless of their gender, could go into this restroom, that there was no qualification, that there was no test, no uh, rubric uh, that, you had to, uh, that you had to review in order to go here, except just wanting to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I had never seen this before. And it motivated me, it changed my day, it changed my week, it changed my life to the point where I'm still telling the story, even as we speak. <laughs> I say that to you because one of the blessings and the, ch and the charges in Unitarian Universalism is that we need to notice the direct experiences that we have with wisdom I say it to bless you back with your own blessing and to challenge you with the identity of who you already are. Today, I'm not here to defend the darkness. I refuse to make its case. Instead, I'm here to call you, to call us into a new relationship with it. 
Can we, as Unitarian Universalists, step away from the defensive posture that has so often made mystery an adversary? Can we relinquish the short-sighted expectation that everything can and should be understood, that knowing is the sole pathway to satisfaction? Today, we won't shy away from the midnight hues, the deep questions that linger on the edges of our consciousness, the societal afflictions we've yet to remedy, the hands we've yet to hold. As a people of faith, it is our hallowed endeavor to seek the stars hidden within this velvet darkness and to hear the whispers of truth yet unspoken. Today, we shall begin the journey of many names, this great turning nestled between all the moments we know well and all the moments we've not yet come to meet, this advent of darkness and light. We'll meet it with our hearts wide open and our minds attuned not only to the mysteries of the divine, but also to the enigmas of each other's experiences. Let us approach this sacred season with the conviction that the work of love and liberation cannot wait for the snow to melt or the night to pass. They demand our here and now, our presence, our courage, and our unwavering dedication to the holy work of justice. In this spirit, we step into the advent of a world in need with the resolve to bring forth the dawn of understanding and action with every step, every breath, every beat of our collective heart. Three years ago, I set foot in Minnesota me and my U-Haul, understanding in my brain, but not fully in my bones, that winter here is less a season and more of a mythic overlord. <laughs> Claiming dominion over your heated blankets and thermostat. It wouldn't be long before I came to know and came to meet what I call the cold in the varsity jacket. A frosty local that doesn't believe in personal space. At first, it was all side-eye glances and six more layers of clothing. I had thermal gear on standby, like I was trained very quickly, ready like a Minnesotan doomsday prepper. Sooner or later, something shifted, though. My frosty glares turned into nods of acknowledgement. Loathing thawed just enough to let a little fondness take root, much to my own surprise. This season, the season that adventurers whisper of in hushed tones, slowly wove its spell on me. Now I marvel at the artistry of my own breath in the sub-zero air at snowflakes crafting their lacework on these unyielding Minnesotan landscapes. What can I say? Time and frost have a way of turning the fiercest chill into a familiar guest. Like that one stubborn patch of ice on the sidewalk that you've learned to greet each morning with a knowing step. <laughs> it becomes an emblem of resi resilience 
A reminder that even in the grip of winter's longest embrace, there blooms an unexpected appreciation for the silent stories only the cold can tell. But what does it mean to translate such a transformation into the context of our faith? Especially when it asks us to reckon with the icy complexities of our society. Let's consider that maybe our relationship with darkness and mystery should have less to do with apprehension and more with profound curiosity. Not curiosity devoid of purpose, but the kind that leads to understanding our neighbors, our friends, understanding the stranger we casually nod at but never see. This transformation calls us to consider the words of those who have lived lives marinated in the experience of being unseen and unheard, those who have been relegated to society's periphery. The powerful phrases of James Baldwin echo through time, urging not only awareness but action. Audre Lorde, with fierce clarity, calls us to dismantle the master's house with tools not of his making, tools forged in the furnaces of lived truth, in the solidarity of shared struggle. When we claim to stand for anti-racism, when we hang the banner of Black Lives Matter on our church walls, we must ask ourselves if we are willing to step beyond the comfort of that proclamation into the chill of its implications. The mysterious work of understanding blackness and our community's relationship to it becomes the crucible in which our relevance or our ridicule is extracted. We have to ask, are we this bright, striving, Unitarian, Universalist community ready to truly engage with mystery? To do so is to engage with love with a love that is not self-serving, not self-centered, a love that is, is expansive, embracing, a love that sees beyond the superficial. So we find ourselves here. In the twilight hour of our complacencies, urged into forward motion by the realities of the present moment, for the darkness of injustice, the shadow of indifference, these are the advent challenges we are called to meet. It is in our willingness to face the unlit corners of our understanding, to touch the rough bark of uncomfortable truths, that we begin to grasp the essence of love and liberation. Baldwin reminds us, not everything that is faced can be changed but nothing can be changed until it is faced. And so, dear ones, let us carry forward the flame of understanding and let it light our way through the corridors of uncertainty and toward the halls of justice. Still, the message Advent so deeply wants us to hear is not merely of reactive change, but of willful balance it would be misguided and, frankly, unhealthy to spurn every comforting joy for a never-ending runaway from home. No, the call to Advent isn't to forsake our comforts, but to hold them dear. Cherish what is known. 
Bask in the warmth of the familiar, for it is here, in this cherished space, that we master the art of love. Community, community becomes our training ground for venturing into love's frontier with the uncharted. Far from being at odds, familiarity and mystery seek balance, each a compass guiding us through the voyage of life. Preparation for the unknown begins right here. When you first take the journey of learning to love yourself. And this lesson teaches you how to love your neighbors and the strangers at your gates. And on and on and on and on it goes until the love you bore arrives quietly, unexpectedly, everywhere. Thich Nhat Hanh wisely counsels, understanding at home breeds understanding in the world. To know the unknown, we should begin with the known. Then prepare to bring that wisdom and skill in our journeys outside these walls. Then actually do that. The love we make can come to love the world. And even you again. This is the revolution. As we open ourselves to the lessons of darkness, we simultaneously open the door to conversations that surpass the superficial. Engaging with mystery is not merely for the sake of frivolous whimsy or academic curiosity. It beckons us to listen intently to the narratives that are not immediately ours, to sit with the hidden truths of another's existence to learn from one another what we don't know we don't know, and to let that knowledge inform our actions. It's in the silence after a question that we don't immediately answer where insight bubbles to the surface. It's the comfort of a, of a, of a dark room when a heart is, has been shattered, where respite and eventually regeneration can take place. It's in the unknown outcome of a heartfelt risk. The silence that teaches us that our worth is not hinged upon any external validation. When we are uncertain, we take stabs in the dark, attempting something new. Endeavoring to heal or offering reconciliation. That is the fertile void where courage ingenuity, and evidence of our humanity can grow. Only in this way can the values we uphold truly animate our sacred space and the world beyond its walls. I think we forget sometimes that it was only a few years ago that the whole world ended. A social reckoning that warned us that there is no more time for dispassionate theorizing. Black lives, and indeed all lives margin, marginalized on the altar of oppression, are not an abstract concept to be perfunctorily supported. They are present, they are urgent, and they demand our immediate embrace. Amen. We can no longer afford to wait passively for the world's mysteries to uncoil themselves before us. 
Doing so only perpetuates the distances that plague our hearts, ignite our wars, and uphold our follies of governance. It leaves cities like Detroit and Flint thirsting for clean water. And it shackles all those at the margins away from genuine equity. But make no mistake, this is not a call to action. It is an insistence that we transform. That we realize that liberating ourselves from our isolations is not an option, but an imperative for us as Unitarian Universalists and people of the world. It is our sacred duty to reach out, to pose the deep questions, to offer silence enough to hear the truth before the next appointment on our calendars claims us. Our relevance as a faith community hinges on our willingness to chase the wonders and wounds of life, to let the blackness of the unknown be our guide, not our avoidance. Let us venture beyond our comfort zones, beyond our unconscious repetitions, and into the power that lies in real relationship with the unknown, the kind of communion that gives birth to understanding, meaningful action to a community transforming and transformed by taking back the night. May it begin here and everywhere. May it begin right now and stay always. May it be so now, always, and already. Ashe. Amen.
joy attitude Oh, love every day <laughs> I'll be still God, this is really, I really belt it on the record Thank you. <laughs> so much love. Today after the service, if you're here in person, we invite you to join us downstairs for a coffee hour and conversation and a chance to view some of our beloved Linda McNary's art is on display downstairs too. Anybody who's new or considering joining or wants to learn more about the church, we have a place to start right after the service. You can just come on up here and uh, learn a little bit more. And all of us are invited to community dinner this week on Wednesday night and pageant rehearsal. All of these are, and carol shout. We'll be carol shouting as well. I mean, it's, yeah, we're singing carols. <laughs> right? So, so, so many opportunities to practice being in community together. <laughs> May we bring our curiosity and wonder to the mystery and the darkness. And we, may we bring our hearts transformed by love as well. Thanks for listening. If you've been comforted or inspired by this podcast, please consider supporting our ministry. Podcasts are free to download, but they cost money to make. Visit firstuniversalistchurch.org slash donate to make your gift. We'd love for you to join us in person or online on Sunday mornings. To learn more, visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org.